Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Welcome back, friends and family, to another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show, brought to you by the Barnburner Podcast Network, Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel, and the best website on the internet, the-barnburner.com. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Sunday evening as we get ready to get back into the NBA season. Football still going strong, but tonight we're going to talk hoops. We're going to talk Grizzlies schedule as the first uh, half of the season schedule for all the NBA teams has been released. Talk about, uh, as we go into training camp, what some of the starting lineups might be for the Grizzlies and also touch on uh, some blockbuster-ish trade that happened this week. So we'll we'll break all that down and more. You can find us uh, by searching the Barnburner Podcast Network or also on our individual feed, Backdoor Cut Show. I am your guy, Zach. With me tonight, I have Rich, Mason, and Sam. Rich, we'll start with you. How you been, man? I'm doing good, man. Can't complain too much. You know, my, my Titans had a tough go this Sunday. It was a pretty uninspiring week of tiger basketball but they got two dubs so it's not all bad so i'm straight doing good mason how are you on the west coast yeah and just to add on the rich man we had a tiger football loss in two lanes second time we've uh lost in as many chances down in the bayou so a uh, tough weekend when it comes to the pigskin but maybe we can bounce back uh maybe tyreek hill can come through for our fantasy teams you know with a little something a little something's better than nothing Two dollars is better than no dollars. But uh, other than that, man, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Appreciate it. I'm ready to talk some hoops next week. The Grizzlies fucking play. Let's go. What's up, Sam? How are you? Six days from now, the Grizzlies play their first preseason game. Wow, uh, which is exciting, man. Which is crazy to think about. I just did the math in my head and hadn't even actually fathomed that. Six days. Uh, we're already back, and we got college basketballs bridging the gap. Um, I, I'm not a big NFL or college football guy, so I haven't had that joy. But really, we're just right back into shit, and it, it's going to be good content, I think. And we're excited to see a little bit of fans in the arena. Don't know what all the other teams are going to do, but we know the Grizzlies will have some amount of fans. Uh, so I'm ready to get back and talking games, and I'm sure we'll get into the schedule uh, as soon as we get going. Yeah, I saw something, uh, a tweet from someone that was like. Uh the Lakers haven't played and or they're playing and they only had this many days off and some a lot of the response is like well, same thing for Miami but that's okay we won't Miami we won't even extra days off yeah yeah <laughs> they yeah, got extra, extra days off Lakers, in there so. somewhere <laughs> <laughs> I do think it is important that we begin the show with a you know some pretty groundbreaking news for Grizzlies fans and I believe it was first reported by Chris Harrington that uh Marco Gaderic and Mario Hazonia will not be coming to training camp. So, unfortunately, if you were looking forward to the, you know, Mario Hazonia, former number four overall pick experience, uh, we're not getting that. Are, are you guys sad? Any, any strong feelings towards that? I mean, so there was a talk about extending the rosters too, a couple of spots, like because there's a, there's like a motion on the floor from the players' association or whoever saying like, "Hey, look, COVID could totally rampage these rosters, and we need to have extra spots in case something happens." Because um, it's not like, I mean, obviously, like if if six to seven guys on your team get it, it's like completely crippling. Um, in, in in basketball, you have a 15 man roster, so they're talking about adding two extra spots. So does that change our analysis of what we do with? 
Mario and Marco. I don't know. Um, so that could be on the horizon. But otherwise, could not care less about what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I have no feelings about it. Um, that's, you know, the two that I assumed were going to be going. Um, but I know there were some people who wanted to kind of get a look at uh, Mario or what have you. But, I mean, it's clear that the Grizzlies really wanted Desmond Bain because they had no interest in Mario Hazonja and Marco Goderic, I think, Everybody knew after last season the writing was on the wall. Um, so it's clear that the Grizzlies know what they want. They're not trying to waste any time or bullshit or just try some shit out. So they like who they got, and they're ready to get it rocking. Marco, total whiff on this yeah, front office. So We've seen actually having a pretty good uh, – yeah, seriously. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, a guy that you, you shot 45% or something in EuroLeague and you want to bring in is like a European sharpshooter, kind of try to find that Spursian archetype of like that the, the guy that – you know, does well in EuroLeague, but it really did not work out. He just never could live up to the athleticism, I felt like, and the game seemed to be passing him by um, at, at any given point. And he, he had a pretty good opportunity. I mean, he played almost 500 minutes last season. Jenkins and... gave him so much leash at the beginning of the season. That's something we might talk about with Bain. Yeah, is... he, he played more than Josh Jackson. It played – Right. And twi- twice as many games and a hundred more minutes than him, which seems seems criminal. Looking back, yeah. I mean that's got to be a front office like mandate, right? Like, let's see what we got here on this guy. Yeah. Um, and so, otherwise, like he didn't give you a chance to win. I mean, no. it, it was there was no reason to play him. And we know Jenkins is a smart guy. Like, you know, we, he has flaws, but he, playing shitty guys that much really makes no sense. Mason, are you going to be sad to see your boy Marco go? No, and to to be fair to the front office, if we were analyzing each of the 29 other teams in the league, there's probably similar mistakes all throughout the league of trying to find a rotation player and playing them for 15 games and it doesn't work, and then you cut them. Um, so just because it's our team, we're, we're more keen to it. So not hating on what our front office has done, but definitely a swing and a miss. And, uh, you know, going back to the, the former front office, we tried Giannis Timma. Uh, we just haven't been very we haven't been lucky in our in our European uh, grab grabs our great white hopes some might call them <laughs> yeah I, I, but like rich mentioned i think that you know we had the experiment it didn't work likely going to end up cutting them or whatever moving on we're not i don't think they're going to try to you know save face or find a way to force those guys back in there when you know it didn't work Let's move on. We got too much green pasture ahead of us to worry about that. Bill Simmons yeah. called Mario Hazonia the worst player in the NBA, too. I, he's routinely <laughs> said that, and I can't just get that out of my head. Every time I see him play, I'm like, just hear his his voice say that. And I'm like, oh, man. He might, he probably isn't. Obviously isn't. But he sure seems like it when I watch him. Well, I mean, he won't be if he ain't in the league. So <laughs> Someone will sign him. Fucking Knicks, probably. All right, uh, the schedule. So preseason starts on Saturday, and we'll travel to Minnesota, right? Two two back-to-back. Well, not back-to-back, but two games at Minnesota, um, Saturday and then Monday. Then Thursday, Saturday, we'll have two games against Atlanta back in the grindhouse. Can so I- pretty odd to do, to, to do the same team. I mean, that's kind of going the way the league's going, which is like minimizing – you know, travel and minimizing the diversity of teams you're playing. You're kind of playing these like baseball series. So that's already starting with the preseason. Yeah. And the Grizzlies have, let's see out of those sets playing the same team, same location. They have one, two, three, four, 
five sets of those and just in the first half alone. So that's 10 of the first uh, 37 games are set up similar to that. Where you're playing a team multiple times at the same stadium. Yeah. 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 Whether on a a back to back or every other night, which pretty much a lot of this first half is playing every other night. How do we feel about the mini in Atlanta preseason games? I mean, is this a how hard do, the, do these teams play? Is this a let's get back in shape, let's run around? I mean, are we going to see a lot of the um, you know, Anthony Edwards? We think, or you know, what, what are we thinking about these these preseason games? I mean, I'm kind of torn, honestly. Like, I don't know if it's going to be like a, a easy like ramp up, or if since the the time off was so short, like, or even for teams that didn't go in the bubble, like Minnesota or Atlanta, they're probably just ready to hoop. Like, they're God, probably dude, they haven't gonna, played in forever. Yeah, they haven't played in fucking. Both of those teams have not played in forever. So, I mean, shit, they might be out there trying to like get their legs under them, get back up to game speed, and just just take it. Uh, but the series are going to be really interesting i mean it's such an interesting concept because it's you know really that back-to-back aspect i know the league used to do like the the little random one-offs where it would be like you play somebody in their city and then you fly home and then y'all play again uh like at the forum or something um so they've had experience with that but i'm really interested to see what the series is going to be like uh it's going to be weird like watching those games like back-to-back seeing the same teams again but I'm assuming that may help with strategizing and, you know, noticing trends in the first time or whatever. So uh, preseason should be interesting, as will the season be. Yeah, something that I like about usually the preseason is super boring. I'll be honest, like been to some preseason games and it's I mean, there's a there's no excitement. It's it's a lot of times it's boring. Weird stuff's going on, but it's one of the cool parts about it is getting to see some of these guys that are, are trying to compete are in that like eight to 12, eight to 15 spot on the roster, get a few minutes, the new guys that we're adding the two ways, you know, see a little bit more Conchar, probably guys that could be, you know, uh, impact players for us. If all the cards fall, right. Seeing how they do, you know, to start off the season with, as a Grizzly, um, like we'll get to see some Tillman and, Honestly, we'll get to see a lot of these guys playing just because of Justice and Jaron out. So once we get to the season, a lot of those guys who wouldn't necessarily have played, I think will get a lot of minutes just out of necessity, especially if you have another injury to, you know, say a big minute guy like Kyle or Dylan, something like that. Yeah, and I I think these two teams are great matchups for us, you know, because they're not – uh, overpowering teams. They're basically right in a similar talent range. You can make arguments uh, for and against all three teams, but Minnesota's got Cat, a big man for us to deal with who can step out and shoot threes, a good look for us to see in the preseason before yep. games count. Um, D'Angelo Russell, a proven veteran guard who can score against anyone. And then Anthony Edwards, so they'll be trying to work in a young guy, as will we. And, uh, you know, like this isn't a normal preseason. Preseason is like 10 days, and that's when we're getting these four games in. So I would think we're going to see the starters, for the most part, play at least like half the game. Uh, At least two games, probably three games, because the buildup is so short. They've got to. Like they've got to be at least to that point of their regimen next Saturday to play half of a game, I would say, if they're going to be ready for the regular season. 
And then with the Hawks, you know, a, another young, talented team with a scorer and Trey and a team who's going to play up and down. So we we really get to see two different looks and um, a team with led by Trey and a team that's going to kind of play through Cat, we assume. So I, I'm really excited about the two preseason matchups just even before we get to the season. Yeah, I think they're good. They'll, they'll be good barometers too. Atlanta, like obviously, has a bunch of new pieces they're trying to work in too. So they're going to be treating these probably very seriously, um, and and really trying to get their flow before the season starts because they're trying to bank wins and make the playoffs. Right. Um, you know, after they made all these big moves, that's their big goal. Their kind of mandate from the ownership on down. Uh, let's jump into the regular season so we can. Oh, hold, hold on, hold on. Oh, what you I, got? I, I think I, I'm more excited to see if uh, Sane and and Sam can. Get in a battle with these preseason Hawks fans <laughs> if they exist. Uh, I don't know. I, we'll, we'll see. I, I was going to let that come. You know, I, I don't I'll let the game come to me. I don't try to force force it out there. Um, we'll see what happens. You know, when I get out there in the Twitter sphere, once we start playing this game, looks like first game on Thursday the seventeenth. I'll start sending some tweets out there and feeling it out. And um, you know, really would love to just go two and zero against them and just start it off on the right foot. Yeah, and I mean, we'll be without Justice and Jaren, so we're already at a inherent advantage for shit talking. Like, yeah, we're best. missing like you know yeah. two of our top five guys. Like, they're, they are for sure two of our <laughs> top three best players, in my opinion. When it comes to this, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not fair saying Justice when ain't even comes. played a game for us and had barely played in the last three years, and I'm like, he's our third best player. I mean, come on, <laughs> like look at the look he gives us and all that. Uh, but anyway. But, I mean, to the point, with them being out, it will be exciting to see Tillman's going to immediately have to play minutes just out of necessity. You can't imagine Gorgie's going to be playing, you know, 30 minutes in the preseason or Valanchunas. So we'll get to see loads of Tillman, probably a good amount of Brandon Clark and the two, two-way guy, Tilly or whatever his name is, see if he's healthy. Um, Jonte Porter, maybe we get to see a lot of minutes. Um, so the preseason for the Grizzlies is – it should be really exciting. The games might be boring, but just seeing who who can stick around, who can't, whose games made leaps. I'm, I can't wait to see Grayson Allen, uh, see if DeAnthony Melton can dribble again uh, after the bubble. So, Grayson anyways. continuing that hot shooting streak from the bubble. You know, you like to see him keep on that trajectory because he could miss. I mean, he shot 46% in the bubble on like three or four attempts a game, which is exactly what you want from him. I mean, that's why you brought him for him to live up to that potential. Um, any, th- any other thoughts before we jump into the, the schedule? No, I'm good. Sorry, sorry to catch you off. I'm just kind of oh, excited right. about the preseason, man. I, I, I'm, I'm super <laughs> fucking pumped, honestly, like illogically. So, I, I mean, it's like the scrimmages in the bubble, you know, it was basketball was back. I watched every single one of those scrimmage games, and those were arguably even dumber than these preseason <laughs> games, right? So, I, I was just thinking, like, if I cared about those, then I'm gonna be like, this is the finals, basically. Um, all right, so I'm going to just, like, go through each game, and I'm going to call on one of you guys, and you'll give me whether you think it's a win or a loss and maybe, like, a sentence or two about it if you feel it, it's necessary. And then we'll Whoa. just rotate around, and, uh, and then we'll, I'm going to mark them down, what we got, and then we'll, we'll kind of have a, a backdoor cut uh, <laughs> thought on what we're going to do this first half of the season. Um, or, I, 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 I must say, I feel like a guinea pig in a, a trying to prove Sam's hypothesis on Twitter. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but I'm with it. I, I like to exercise. I, I, I'm with it. Let's do it. The question is, are we going to go all the way through the first half of the season or should we just do till MLK Day when we're theoretically healthy? Uh, yeah, let's do MLK Day, the, the, right. the game against the Suns. We'll stop oh. there. That's, and that's about halfway through the this first half, so that, that's a good marking place, I think. That's usually about when you can kind of tell what your team's going to look like. I mean, granted, we got injuries, so we're a little different. So we'll, we'll stop there. All right, first game. Our two Wednesday. and three, second and third best guys are injured, dude. 
Exactly. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, we're, we're totally just limping into the season. Um, so, you have a regular season. Games start the 23rd, um, which which will be a delicious Christmas for NBA fans. Can't wait for that. Uh, we'll, we'll play San Antonio at home on the 23rd. It's a Wednesday. Um, last we saw San Antonio was in the bubble when, when DeMar DeRozan pumped fake Dylan into oblivion. And, you know, we were left, like, hurting with that second loss. Mason, how are you feeling against San Antonio at home? Yeah, that's an L. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a one. <laughs> I will tell you a lot of detail. This nation is so sure that we're going to win this point. game. They've been never, they've been never more positive we're going to win a game in their lives except for this game. They're like Spurs. They suck. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, but but they don't. They've got two all star players who are veteran guys and. We we don't, um, and that's basically what it comes down to. They've got role players. They've got a system. Uh, I know they missed the playoffs last year, but they're still a, a gritty team, as we saw in the bubble, and that will pretty much be the team they have coming back this season. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think they will get us. And it's rare that the Grizzlies win on opening night. So, yeah, I, I, I say that's a loss. Yeah, Aldridge is going to have 35-15 on – on Jonas, yeah, so. I mean Kyle Anderson's probably going to be guarding Aldridge or, or Jonas. So kind of like that matchup, though. Kind of like the Kyle on a matchup. But but anyway, barbecue um, chicken. Atlanta at home <laughs> next game Saturday the twenty sixth day after Christmas. Um, that is a uh, an afternoon game. Rich, how you feeling after the third game against Atlanta in like ten days? Shit. Uh, damn. That's. Fuck, we already started out with an L. Shit. <laughs> um, fuck. I think I, I, mm, I think we might be 0-2. Oh, just, <laughs> so I think we could win, but coming off of being at the crib <laughs> on Christmas, after, early afternoon tip, you know what I'm saying? And Atlanta has their ownership on their neck. Like, they have to win. Like, they can't have fun this season. Like, it's playoffs or bust for them. Um, I just foresee – like it being like the Bogdan Bogdanovich game or some shit. He just comes off like a fucking flamethrower and hits like four or five from three or some shit. And Trey does his thing. Um, Grizz, I would say, have a chance. But unfortunately, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I think it might be Owen too. But I'll probably know more once we see the scrimmages against the Hawks for sure. Yeah, I I, uh, I think that's I think that's going to go the way the scrimmages go. Like if we see like if we're zero and two in the scrimmages, then maybe we win that one or and vice versa kind of deal. Um, Zach at Brooklyn Monday the twenty eighth. Oh, there's no chance. <laughs> I mean, there's an it's, argument that can be made. Brooklyn's okay, trying to chance. work it out, you know. Like, yeah, I, but I they, but they'll have the best player on the floor. So, okay, I, uh, Grizzlies. I don't think we're gonna see any John Morant uh, block heroics uh, against Kyrie Irving on this. And Jaren ain't playing, and he makes Jaren is out. Yeah. This happened makes, to be Kevin Durant. Who man? Shit. Yeah. Uh, so Wednesday the thirtieth at Boston. Um, so kind of a tough. Really tough series there on the on the, the East Coast. Um, I'm going to say that's a big old L as well uh, for obvious reasons. Boston young team. They're trying to bank wins early. They're really good. Um, we never win in Boston. Like, I can't remember the last time we won in Boston. We usually get blown out, and then it's one of those turn off at halftime games. But we'll see. So, Grizzlies started their season 0-4 right now. I'm not feeling good about the beginning, but we're hurt. Second and third best players are hurt. Um, Sunday, uh January 3rd, 2021, Lakers at home. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped one. Friday, uh, January 1st, 2021, at Charlotte. Mason, how are you feeling about the new-look Charlotte Hornets with uh, Gordon Hayward and Melo Ball? It's not about the Hornets. It's about the Grizzlies getting their first win in 2021, putting everything in 2020 behind us, 
jumping headfirst into the new year. Grizz next gen, first win of the season. Fuck the Hornets. Ja's going to teach LaMelo what it's like to be a superstar in the NBA. Uh, and, I mean, we're due for a win. Shit. Come on. <laughs> the Hornets were out partying. You know LaMelo's out partying. <laughs> and, I mean, Ja might be. Hopefully he wears a mask. Uh, the, the funny thing about this schedule is that it could be completely different in just a week, you know. Um, we've seen yeah. we've seen with our own guys in our very own market, they are – going to be guys go out to parties and the COVID a COVID outbreak could happen at any time, even though they are tested on a daily basis. Um, you know, they still make decisions that young folks make. <laughs> they, they, they do. Um, Lakers, two, two Lakers games at home, a day off in between Zach, call them both. What do you think? All right. So we got, we play on them on the third and on the fifth. You know what? We lose the first one, win the second one. Let's go. LeBron probably he he's like, you guys got this. I ain't trying. LeBron yeah, right. ain't, I ain't I playing both of games. <laughs> I don't need to play this one, you guys. I mean, Lakers still got a much improved roster, I think, from last season, even. And but but you know, the Marcus Hall return. Myth, yeah, Memphis. They a weird matchup, maybe. I don't know. They, they usually hot. play pretty well against the Lakers, or ha- this yeah. the younger team has, uh, for whatever reason. I mean, they just get up for them, obviously. Um, so a W, or an L and a W. Mm-hmm. Next game is Cleveland, uh, which is uh, at home, which I'm going to say is a big old win. I, they're, they're, they're one of the teams I can handily say is worse than us roster-wise. And I, I think that when you're kind of limping in the beginning of the season, you got to beat teams like this that are just bad. Um, then Brooklyn at home, Rich. Do we get our revenge on Brooklyn? We got him at home. Fuck, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I doubt it. Uh, no. I don't, I don't, okay. No. Yeah. So that's that's a uh, that's an L. Uh, so Rich, where, where, where are we you. So we're, we're currently uh, heading into the second week of January, the, uh, the 11th, and we're about to fly out to Cleveland and play. Currently, we stand at two wins and six losses. Three wins because we got Cleveland – we got one Lakers and we got Charlotte. Charlotte. Oh yeah, right. I didn't put down that other one. Okay, three and six. Um, Rich, I'll throw it back to you since I gave you a tough one. We're we're going out to Cleveland. We're going to play Cleveland at Cleveland on a Monday after a couple a whole weekend off. Okay. Um, like you said, similar. Like I'm just going to go with Dub. I just think Cleveland just isn't a good basketball team. Um, I think we can beat them. Even signs Jaron and Justice. Okay. Uh, Mason, from Cleveland, we depart, head out to Minnesota, where we play Minnesota twice at Minnesota on a Wednesday and Friday. What's the dates, Bob? Uh, they are a Wednesday, uh, a Wednesday, uh, January 13th, 2021, and a Friday, January 15th, 2021, both at Minnesota. Games begin 7 p.m., so pretty classic tip time. All right, so let's see. Malik Beasley probably won't be playing by that point. D'Angelo Russell probably going to be fucking Larsa Pippen and oh, snitch, snitching on somebody. Yeah, we, we, we're beating the T-Wolves, baby. T-Wolves going to be imploded by then. Anthony Edwards going to be selling dope. Uh, I don't wish that on Anthony Edwards. Let me let me take that back. That's that's a bad joke. Um, but, yeah, I don't. the Timberwolves by that point, is, they're going to be tanking again. They're going to be tanking again. 
So we're taking both of them. Both two wins, Ooh. two back-to-back wins. So that, this is a three-game win streak we find ourselves on uh, against some lesser teams on the road, though. So that's kind of, you know, that, that does make it a little more difficult. Uh, then we are heading back home to the Grindhouse for a Saturday game, which is a back-to-back against the 76ers. Uh, that's a real tough game at 7 p.m., um, back-to-back. Zach, how do you feel against, the, against Philly? Oh, I cannot convince myself that we take that one. I don't know what Philly's coming off of um, before they come play here, but with Jaron out, I think that's just a real tough matchup. And with our interior defense, the way that Embiid and Simmons can get buckets down there, I think we really struggle in that game uh, with that matchup. So that's an L. Okay, got an L. Then uh, we have Sunday off, and then on Monday, Martin Luther King Day, January 18th, 2021. Cleveland, I'm sorry, Phoenix coming to town. Uh, for the first time in a while, we're playing a different team other than um, other than the Pellies, which is cool. 4 p.m. tip. Uh, we have the curse of MLK Day when it comes to the Grizzlies winning. It's always it's always a loss, I feel like, and, and rarely a win. Got Phoenix is going to be trying to bank wins early. I feel like you know they got Chris Paul now. They're trying to be good. I I don't know. I, I, I this is a real toss up for me. Um, it depends on if Justice is playing by this point, right? I think if Justice is playing and like worked his way into the rotation. Uh, I, I like the I like the team. I think we're going to win. How do we feel about it? Do we feel like that's a W or an L? I I feel like until I get until I see that we can win on MLK Day, I wouldn't put my money for it. You can outvote me if we're feeling. So Zach's got an L. How do we feel? How I do we don't win? know who the hell is going to guard DeAndre Ayton down low. I just feel like he's going to eat. Chris Paul and Book might not even have to go off. Ayton's just going to have a double double insured. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the Suns in that matchup. <laughs> all right, I'll be out, but I mean, it's MLK Day. I feel like we should all throw in on that one. All right, so that puts us at <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six wins. And what is that, eight losses? So 14 games. That, it's not terrible. Yeah, it's not bad. Still not in striking bad. distance. Yeah. yeah, six and eight. That's where that puts us. I had it as, in my estimation that, that Mason referenced earlier. I had us at four and ten. Um, I, I think we I had us losing um, one of those Minnesota games. Uh, and then I had us losing, I think, one of those, those Lakers games. That gave us a, um, you know, a, a win against the Lakers. I just assume without John Jaron, it's going to be a tough road to hope based on the bubble, right? It's like the last example of Grizzlies basketball that we could see. But we'll see. I mean, I hope we're six and eight. I think that we have to consider that a win, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would. <laughs> um, I'm a fighting chance. That's about how the kind of basketball we were playing last year. I mean, we were like hovering around 500, a little bit below for most of the season. And then and then sometimes we played above. But, you know, at the end of the season, we're about, what, five games under 500 after some of that terrible bubble games. Well, I mean, um, we, so. So we didn't win a game in the bubble without Jaron, right? Or did we win one? We only won our we won our only games in the bubble without Jaron. We beat OKC without Jaron in the bubble, I think. And and we beat uh, uh, Milwaukee without Jaron. Okay. So the we lost all the games with Jaron played, but they were all those crazy nail biter, yeah. fluky, like young team losses. Right. Because um, yeah. Jaron was dominating offensively. He yeah. had a crazy three the win game. The Spurs. He, he he tied us, and then and then DeRozan came back down, and, and Dylan fouled him on a jump shot. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not, yeah, without Jaron Jackson Jr. and Justice Winslow, like it's, it's going to be difficult to get wins. And if, if we get four or six, I, I'd be happy, honestly. Yeah. I, I think six and eight, like 
I would have gone probably closer to 500 if we'd been healthy, obviously, but with, I'm just hedging losses when it comes to the injuries. Um, unless John makes a leap, which is very likely he could. I mean, it really, it really is. He could make such a leap that he can account for some of that himself. Um, right. And maybe these guys, maybe Bain is so ready to play because he's 22, four-year senior. Maybe he comes in and, and really contributes right away. I, these are all things that we just, but we can't assume a 30th pick is going to play meaningful basketball in a, you know, for wins. Um, but we'll see. Even though uh, Ja did say in his media session that having Bain out there really opens up the floor for everyone with his uh, spacing that he brings. So early reports from camp indicate Bain might, might be a presence. Uh, let's, so we're kind of talking about it already, but let's go ahead and get into the lineups and kind of who we would like to see start. Zach, let's start with you. Who's your five? Who are you rolling out there in the first preseason game in Minnesota? All right, so who I'm – wanting to see a lineup up uh so just kind of looking back at last year a lot of the guys who played significant minutes you know not on this roster crowder solomon hill you'd be surprised how many minutes those guys played so that's yeah. a lot of time that taylor not there anymore. Has to fill yeah. on the roster so stuff's gonna be weird especially without jaron the yeah. three and the four are really there's going to be a lot of experimenting there. He might have to use the Penny Hardaway method. Hopefully not that much. Yeah, Which hasn't so yeah. that much. But, but That's why we're skeptical, right? Like We forget that Jay Crowder was a starter on this team for yeah, like mo- most of the season. Played a lot of minutes, man. Not only just a starter, but play, was playing 30 minutes a game, like soaking the, up minutes. The break makes us forget like that they were on the team as long as they were last year, I feel like. Yeah, yeah he – uh, at small forward last year, Kyle Anderson had the most minutes, not at the position, but of guys who primarily played uh, the three. And then Jay was, you know, eight minutes behind him. So just tons of minutes that he put in, you know, starting tons of games. Uh, but who I would like to see out there, a, a group that only played 25 minutes together last year, so not a whole, like, really no sample size, only 50 possessions, would be Ja. Grayson, Dylan, BC, and JV. And so kind of the logic behind that, obviously you have Ja. Uh, I saw a Fast Break Breakfast tweet uh, this evening that Taylor Jenkins said that Ja, Dylan, and JV, those are the three mainstays. Those guys are starting, and everything else is kind of up in the air at this point. Uh, so Grayson, I want to see him, see if he can keep that hot shooting going, like Sam mentioned why not? I think that that, you know, helps space the floor. I don't think that Bain is, I mean, we shouldn't just automatically slide him in there. We need to see where that goes. Not something we want to do right out the gate, but Grayson, I think has done a good enough job to prove himself that, you know, he's ready for some big NBA minutes. And what is this his third season now? So it's about that time to see what Memphis got in that Conley trade. Um, Keeping Dylan on the floor just because that's a given. That's what's going to happen, whether we like it or not. Uh, and then BC, uh, putting him in at the four. So we didn't – he didn't really play well in the games that he started last year. But, you know, if we think we have a, a really good player, I think that he's probably the guy to step up and get those starters minutes, at least out the gate. we got to give him a shot because – He's always referenced as, you know, one of the three core guys moving forward, you know, in that, you know, same conversation. So if we think that, I 
believe that we need to give him those starters minutes, give him that starter opportunity, and see what happens. Didn't work out great last year, but he was also a rookie. So I believe there should be some leash this year to see kind of what happens with that uh, and see if he truly – he crushed it off the bench. Didn't play a ton of minutes every game. So I would like to see if that, that can extrapolate out with starters minutes and still get the same kind of production from him. So those are really the, the big pieces for me would be sliding in Grayson and BC into the starting lineup. Probably not the most likely thing that will happen, but that's just what I would like to see. That's interesting. I hadn't even thought of that one. So um, I, I do like that one. Rich, who's your five? Uh, Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, Zach mentioned that Dylan is, is entrenched as a starter, so I have to include him in this five, I guess, since that's what Coach <laughs> Jenkins is going with. Wait um, a minute. I, there was a tweet out of training camp today, though, that said that Jenkins said the only ones set in stone are, are – um, Ja and JV, I thought, or did he include nah. Dylan? Yeah, Dylan was included in that. Fuck me, man. Fuck yeah. So our, okay. our friend Keith Parrish had uh, us on that one, including including Bruh. Dylan. All right, I'd like to go with. Uh, I'm gonna switch it up a little bit from what Zach shared. I, I'd go Ja, Grayson, Dylan, Kyle, JV. Um, not sure if Dylan is you know big enough for that three spot, but I just really liked what Grayson showed in the bubble. And I would just, I think his shooting would hopefully help open up the floor. Um, and I just like what Kyle would bring um, at that four position. Uh, he, he shot a little bit of the three in the bubble. It was hot and cold. It, it, it's ugly as hell, but it was going in a little bit. Um, and there's just not a lot on the basketball floor that he's going to do to make you lose a basketball game. He doesn't do, you know, a lot of things very well, but he's not going to do much to make you lose. Um, and I just really would love, you know, that three headed bench monster of Tyus D'Anthony and BC to still continue running. You know, it, it's not about who starts the game. It's about who finishes it. Um, I would love to see them remain as well as including Bain into that, you know, little uh, bench mob unit, if you will, uh, in hopes that Bain eventually is entrenched as the starter at the three. That's my hope. Um, so, yeah, that's that's why we'll go with Ja, Grayson, Dylan, Kyle, JV. Yeah, a lot of Grayson love. I'm with it. Sam, who you like? Yeah, I, I don't like uh, I don't like BC in the starting lineup for the. I mean, not only for the sample last year, I just feel like it's kind of a gross mismanagement of his ability. Like next to JV, it's real tough sledding for him. He's not a good defender either. Um, not a like a, a plus defender. He's not a sieve, but he really isn't like notably a guy that can go out there and guard these uh, stretch fours. Um, so I, I just don't know if that that makes a lot of sense. I, I want it to make sense, but with JV down there clogging up, that's why. I, Jaron's such a good pairing because he's such a stretch four that, and he shoots, he's our best shooter on our team. So it really works. Um, so at the four, I, I have Kyle. Uh, so my, I have John. I'd like, I want to slot Bane in there from the beginning, man. I, I'm feeling good about training camp. Um, th- this is my lineup. This is what I would do. Uh, if he's really shooting the lights out of the ball in training camp, he's, he's 22. He's honestly older than like half our starters. Uh, so let, let's go ahead and see what we have, you know, at the beginning of the season. And, when we don't have justice and we don't have Jaron and because we need shooting. Um, and I, I still like Grayson off the bench with the guys he's played most of his minutes with, um, with he, he's kind of just fluctuated on and off of that second unit. Uh, and then I have um, Dylan at the three, unless I, in, in, in my world, we could have traded him for the season. 
uh, but apparently I have to play him. And then Kyle at the four. I really like Kyle's fit at the four. Harrington wrote a piece about that. I think that's where he can really help this team, guarding fours, um, kind of just doing all the good things, the plus minus type analytic shit on the court. Uh, he really isn't expected at the four slot to hit the corner three as much as you are through the three. Um, you're just kind of like in the dunker spot slash like just kind of roving around. I think he's really versatile there. And it, and it really doesn't – his non-shooting doesn't hurt us as much at the four. Uh, and then at the five JV, obviously. Um, so uh, Jod, Bain, Dylan, Kyle, and JV. Mason, what do you got? Um, well, I do like the inclusion of Grayson Allen in in those lineups. That was gonna was what I was gonna go with him and Kyle being the two um, extra pieces to the <laughs> aforementioned three man unit just for the shooting. But I do think that lineup could get abused defensively. Ja and Grayson just Way too small. Um, today's NBA, the the one and two guards would eat them alive. Sure, you have Dylan to move over, and you can you can hide one of them. Grayson's not an awful defender. Um, he fights and plays tough and plays the passing lanes really well. So it might work, and it might be worth it just for the offense to see to see Taylor Jenkins' system be run the way he wants it run. Um, you know if. It's going to be interesting to see what the team puts their importance on. Is it about still building the system and culture? Is it about getting wins? Which I don't think it will be about getting wins. Um, so we may see Grayson or Bain in the starting lineups for that reason. But it seems like the most likely lineup that has been discussed is Ja, DeAnthony Melton, uh, Dylan, Kyle, and Valanchunas, which is fine. I mean, we – we signed DeAnthony for four more years, but I think everyone can agree that his ideal role is not to be our starting shooting guard. Um, so it just kind of brings in the question of, do you want to get people comfortable in their roles or, you know, I don't know. I, yeah. I like, I like having Grayson Allen in there for the shooting. And I like having Kyle Anderson for the shooting we saw in the bubble and all the reports coming out saying he's healthy and feeling well and, it really was just a shoulder problem. He's now shooting back to at least where he was when he was with the Spurs, if not a little bit better from both the free throw line and the three-point line. 35% with the Spurs from three. Didn't realize that. Uh, and the second he got here to Memphis, it dropped down to like 27, 28. Yeah, I don't know if I believe it. That's what basketball reference says, but it's got to be a typo. I don't get I don't. It's <laughs> pretty don't fucking wild true. to think about, right? So here's a I, – I looked, and the lineup that uh, played the most minutes last year – out of the currently available personnel, Morant, Melton, Brooks, Kyle, and JV. So they played 132 minutes together. The The two lineups ahead of them in minutes had Crowder and Jaron, so I didn't look at those. But overall, a net rating of 8.4 uh, per 100 possessions. So they gave up 100 points per 100 possessions, which pretty good, like pretty good on the defensive end, and mm-hmm. then scored 108 per hundred. So I was, I was surprised. I don't remember that lineup playing that much consistently last year, but apparently they logged a lot of minutes together. So I'd be curious. Maybe that's a lineup that Jenkins goes with a lot this year because he has those five guys and is familiar with it. I mean, it's one of our most versatile lineups, um, switchability, except for John JV, basically everyone can switch. Um, can guard, pretty decently at the very least and you got john jv two people who can go get their own bucket kyle who can rebound which our team really needs man our rebounding is 
poor. I'm worried about that, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who's our, who's our backup bigs? Like, it's it's either Gorgie, who, I mean, I don't think we'll be counting on him to play minutes, or uh, Xavier Tillman or Jonte Porter, two improving guys. Yeah, you hope Xavier Tillman's going to see a lot of minutes. I think you know, and, and he might end up finishing some games depending on how he plays. He could come yeah. in and totally look out match, or he comes in and immediately is like raking in rebounds and starting the break and just looking like every bit the four-year guy that played on a good college basketball team, you know, well-coached team would be. We just don't know. There's so many question marks, and we have to immediately play these guys. That's what's going to be exciting and also maybe a little painful about the season. Yeah, I guess if there's a, a time where you have the opportunity for that development with low consequences, this is probably a pretty good one, especially because you're not going to rely on them for the entire season. Probably once you get justice and Jaron back, you can kind of sprinkle that in and really get a taste for what you're going to be trying to do, you know, next year, year after as well. I mean, let's be honest. Things are almost working out kind of perfectly assuming Jaron and justice come back healthy. Uh, we're going into this shortened season, which who no knows fans. what who knows what could happen. No fans. Uh, we don't know how many games we're actually going to play, um, but we don't have expectations to win. And the result of not winning is just so happens to be the year we get our picks back. We're not owe, owing any first round picks to anyone, and the draft class is loaded with the exact position that we need the piece to put next to John Jaron and that's the wing. And you can go through the top 10 of the NBA draft and it's like got seven potential NBA all-star wings in the draft. So Grizzlies fans don't rush, don't rush the process. Enjoy watching John Tay Porter get out there and be slaw on a Tuesday. Enjoy it. <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone will enjoy it. I hope people yeah. can see the finish line though in, uh, in, you know, in view because um, it is a good it's a good year to soft tank the soft tank is a term that i've seen that i like it's the it, it's what in movies they call the soft reboot where they basically make the same damn movie again but but they bring in an old actor and then it's like the new star wars movies were soft reboots like they're going to remake back to the future they just remake the same shit but they sell it to you like it's a sequel but really it's the same movie so this is like we're not saying we're going to tank we're not going to lose on purpose we just happen to be you know, really resting our, our jaw and, or I'm sorry, Jaron and justice. We're making sure they're healthy. Um, oh, by the way, we might, you know, lose some games while that's happening. It's a shortened season, no fans. There's not going to be a lot of lost revenue from stacking up a bunch of L's. Uh, and then we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I really, and, and like you said, happens to be this draft. So I, I'm fully okay with cruising into a, uh, you know, a really a, a huge deficit, honestly, um, <laughs> as long as, and that sucks too. Cause like, I, I think it could affect this locker room. Cause they're just, really competitive guys it seems like like they have every intention of winning every game they play which is important to have a competitive locker room that's verno's thing um but which i know. we we think we should have like i don't want to try to lose games like if jaron's healthy play jaron and if we make the playoffs that's great yeah i, I think so um yeah we'll see i mean it's exciting to have the season coming back yeah so uh anything else on the grizzlies no should we get into broader NBA news? The the trade that shook the world. <laughs> Let's get it. Rich, how you feeling about this wall for Westbrook Westbrook deal in which the uh the Wizards also had to give a first round pick attached to John Wall's contract, which is the exact same as Westbrook's basically. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I was in a meeting uh, for work when it actually happened. I think it was like 6, 6.30 p.m. Like I had this random late night work meeting. And normally, like I'm able to catch up on my Twitter timeline pretty quickly after meeting that late. But I got on. I'm like, oh, shit. Woes must have said some shit. And I get on and I, and you know, there have been rumblings about it or whatever. We knew like these two contracts kind of fit. Um, but it, it, it was interesting. I mean, I don't think any team got inherently better because of this. I think two disgruntled, I'll just say all stars, two disgruntled all stars, John Wall, of course, having not played for two years, um, were able to, you know, get out of their respective franchises. Um, it's abundantly clear that James Harden really isn't feeling Houston or what they're doing right now. Um, John says he's been in contact with him, but he can't even come to training camp because he was at little baby's birthday party in Atlanta this past weekend. So he has to fucking quarantine and shit. So James Harden just doesn't give a fuck right now. Um, Russ is in DC, you know, saying the right things. I don't know what him and Bradley Bill will look like. I do. I will say I'll probably tune into more wizards games than I would a Houston Rockets game. Although John Wall and Boogie being reunited could be pretty, pretty good, pretty good uh, television at the least. Um, but I don't know, man. It's it's just it's just crazy when you know you have people who are like such superstars, and then there always comes a time where it just kind of dies down, it dwindles down. Now you look at Russ; he's been shipped around like two straight off seasons, and it's 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 just tough to see, man. Because what was that three, four years ago? This dude was averaging a triple double, was the MVP of the league, like after KD left. And now it's just like, you know, now he's trying to find a home, just trying to find somewhere that wants him and will embrace him. So uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, I saw the, the the metrics that came out about, you know, how many national television games teams had. And I think a few of the teams that didn't have any, the Wizards were one of them. Um, so, you know, who knows? I don't I don't think I don't think any of them got much better. But, you know, I always love Trace and I always love Woj Bomb. So it was cool with me. I think the for me, I mean, you're swapping guys play the same position, you know, just across across the league, pretty much. But I think there's a lot to be said for change. Clearly, in Washington, the Beal Wall deal it had its ceiling, and they've been buttoned up against that ceiling. Something needed to happen. So bringing in Westbrook, who is a competitor, wants to win, is going to be out there on the court. You know, that's that's a big one. You know, he's able to play more games. If it's someone that Beal wants to be play alongside of, I think that goes a long way because I know Beal and Wall, they sometimes they act cool, sometimes they're mad at each other. There's a lot going on there. So I think that change of scenery could benefit Washington the most in this situation because I think Wall's still a wild card. Like, what's he going to look like when he comes back? Yeah. And I think the and what Scott is Houston Brooks, even trying to like do right now? We, we're not yeah. really sure. So the Sky Brooks reunion is another point that I didn't get to touch on for sure. Like, you know, Russ has some of his best seasons under Scott Brooks and now they're reunited in Washington. Yeah. So who knows? He might know how to bring the best out of him. Man. Russ last year, 27, eight and seven. Um, shooting almost 50% from the field uh, with a 21 player efficiency rating and 4.2 win shares. Those are the counting stats. I mean, he had a great season by all accounts was all NBA. Um, And it's a weird, we got into this point now and this is like, I feel like I'm just like the old guy on the porch sometimes where I'm like, this guy's good still. Uh, And he plays a lot of games and he does a lot of really frustrating fucking things for sure. But ultimately he produces and plays and plays hard. 
Um, and he really cares about playing the game of basketball and really cares what our team he's on um, and, and, and winning. He really does. Like sometimes his, his, his on the court moves don't necessarily produce winning. Uh, but I, I, I can't think of any reason why anyone could argue that the Rockets won this trade or that this was like an even swap by any means in terms of like the actual player that they're getting because John Wall hasn't played organized basketball in two and a half years, had a nasty injury. You know, like they, they talked about it a ton in the media, but I mean, he had like this, you know, the, the Achilles issue that Mike Conley had, like the bone spur. And then while rehabbing the, the surgery, he tore his Achilles while rehabbing, um, which is not what you want, especially from like a guy that completely relies on his athleticism and his speed at the point guard position. Uh, there was a lot of questions with Bradley Beal about whether he was actually rehabbing hard enough. Apparently Beal, this is all I hear say, but didn't think that John Wall was working as hard as he could. You know, we see the tweets where he's throwing out gang signs, like, all this sort of stuff about like, you know, is he serious or is he not about getting on the court? Cause he got paid. And to Zach's point, change of scenery. Maybe this brings out the best in John wall. Cause he doesn't want to be kind of like this laughing stock salary. Um, and we, by all accounts of Twitter, he looks like, you know, like the best player in the league again. That's always how it works. They show these videos of him dribbling around cones, sweaty. And he's like, John wall look good again. Um, but I think, I mean, Westbrook will be great for the Wizards. I think that, that he really helps them improve their team. I think mean, he works with Bradley Beal. Um, he's, he's played with wing shooters before and Kevin Durant, and they've both been successful. Uh, I think he's a better fit with Bradley Beal than he was James Harden. I mean, James Harden needs the ball in his hand a lot more. Bradley Beal has, by necessity, had the ball in his hand a lot more, but honestly prefers to be like the kick out. He'd love to shoot more open threes. And, you know, if it's not there, he can handle the ball as well. So you've got two really dynamic, tall guards um, they can score the shit out of the ball. You got a new their Denis, their uh, their draft pick from Israel, who a lot of people had fourth in the draft. Um, Rui Hachimura, Robin Lopez is kind of a low key, like very serviceable center. I'm very excited about the Wizards, man. I, I, like, I, I, I'd be excited if I were that team based on where they've been with this wall injury and that contract. And the pick is like real protected. Um, most people think that based on how good the Wizards will be, it'll likely turn into the two picks like three years from now or whatever. So two second round picks for Russ. Um, I'm okay with it. I think I think that that the uh, the Wizards made a really good move. I mean, getting off that that wall deal. Mason, what do you think? Yeah, I'm right there with you. You know, I love Westbrook, so I I love this trade for the Wizards. Think they got better, you know, and not to uh, forget Davis Davis Bertans. Bertans, yeah. right? Um, another Great shooter for Russ. Great, <laughs> yeah, I mean, perfect player to put the Russ. Yeah. Um, Troy Brown, another wing who played really well last year. So. I'm all in on the Wizards right now at this point until I see them on the court. Like, I I think they could battle for that four seed and be a potential home court team. Like, Russ, the Russ and Bill. Yeah, yeah. Russ and Bill, that's a nasty backcourt. That's, uh, you know, we're expect that's not far off from Dame and CJ. Granted, Dame is probably the best player of the four. Um, but, like, I think that's a nasty backcourt. Bertans. Uh, all the pieces we just mentioned, I really like that Wizards team, a proven coach who can not prove it in a sense of a championship, but uh, can competently put together a game plan. We've seen Russ make other guys better, no matter what the narrative is. Uh, Paul George was almost an MVP. Kevin Durant won an MVP with him. And honestly, last year when James Harden was struggling, Russ carried that Rockets team and he was the best player on that team which was at the time, you know, for in in the playoff hunt. And he was the best player on that team for like a month and a half. So he's, he's a really good player. And I don't say any of this to diminish John Wall. I, I love his game. Hopefully he's, you know, not a complete shell of himself when he comes back because 
what was it, 2017 when they were playing like the the Celtics and he was in the playoffs, he hit the shot and he's up on the scores table. Like John Walken, who he's a better shooter from outside than Westbrook. But I think what it more kind of shows is that Houston knows the end is near with James Harden. So they're going into asset collection mode um, and they're willing to take first round picks and just anything to get equivalent or um, better contracts. So, or worse contracts, excuse me. So I, I don't think that we will see James Harden in Houston much longer. I don't think this was about the fit with him and Russ or him and John Wall. I think this was just about, uh, the, the contracts uh, for John Wall and Russell Westbrook are like hundreds of thousands uh, of dollars in the in the same range of one another. And they were able to get what Sam said will probably be two second round picks for it. So asset accumulation. And, you know, this does kind of change the it makes us think that there's going to be one more spot in the Western Conference playoffs uh, if the Rockets do indeed blow it up because. I don't think we expect John Wall and Boogie to make the playoffs in their first season coming back off of torn Achilles. Both Achilles yeah. injuries, yeah. Yeah, I think Harden's out of there, man. I just when I, though you the coach, before the coach like the coach can't reach him. Like the coach is probably pissed at this point. And I mean, it, it's time to have a dialogue. Like I don't think he's a number one. I mean, it wasn't Dwight Howard. It wasn't Chris Paul. It wasn't Russell Westbrook. Like it, it's James Harden. Like it's James Harden. And I don't know. You know, it, it seems like Houston might be waking up to realize that. Um, but even Russ, somebody he grew up with, hooped with, man wanted to get away. You know what I'm saying? And shout out to the Wizards, like for pulling the trigger on that. And also shout out to the Wizards, John Walls. I've seen a lot of the farewell videos on social media for play. That shit was exceptional. Um, shout yeah. out to John Wall for all he did in the community in DC. Um, but yeah, man, I think I think Harden, like you said to your point, Sam, like win, like just just make this shit happen. Like we're just prolonging and prolonging what seems like the inevitable. Um and it's just, it's just not a good look. Like, I'm just ready for, you know, the shit to be over. I wonder if, if, if very is, awkward. Is, his, yeah. is James Harden's stock down at the moment for, you know, comparatively for what it could be? Is that the reason that there is – is there a market? Like, how many – there's not many teams that can trade for Harden who want to give up the haul that it's going to take to get him. I think you still – I mean, if you can get an MVP um, – you know, like scoring title. I realize the knocks, right? I, and here's my thing. I think if you're knocking Russell Westbrook, you should be knocking hard and like, yeah. you, can't, you can't have that. Like, I don't understand why there's a slander one way and not the other. I realize Harden's more productive, um, whatever numbers wise. But I mean, when the chips are down, like how, how can you say one so drastically better than the other when it mostly counts? Um, not a lot of teams can trade for him, but with the teams that matter, we're going to see likely do it are going to be the 76ers or the Nets. And my money's on the Sixers. I mean, got so many different things there in play. You got the worry connection. Um, you've got the Sixers have the ad. They have all their first round picks going forward. They have, you know, either Embiid or Simmons, which would kind of be the centerpiece of that sort of deal if they had to do it. Um, I don't know if I'd do it if I was 76ers, but I think they're going to. And as an NBA fan, I, I would love to see it. I hope it happens sooner than later, though. I don't want it to be like trade deadline and suddenly Simmons finds himself on a shitty ass Rockets team and they're trying to work hard in. I want to see them like firing on all pistons entering the playoffs. When I say them, I mean Philly, because I want Philly to like make some noise in the East just to make that more interesting. So we're not seeing Celtics every year in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, well, I don't think we're going to see the Celtics this year, but we'll save that for another podcast and we'll wrap it up with uh, Rich, your Lakers. Two big uh, announcements this week, one being LeBron James extended for two years. Uh, 
at the maximum 40 plus million per year. And then Anthony Davis extended his contract for five years, $192 million. Uh, I can only imagine as a Lakers fan, you got to feel pretty good about the future of the franchise when it includes those two for at least two more years. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, shout out Clutch Sports, baby. Shout out Rick Paul. Uh, <laughs> getting them dudes paid, man. But I think it's a it's a perfect kind of segue. You know what I'm saying? Braun came to L.A. and accomplished what he set out to accomplish. So, you know, taking care of him on that back end, uh, making sure he's good as – I mean, I know he's not human, but I, I think in at least two years, like, time might be winding down. And you lock in A.D., um, who is just 27 and is going to be, you know, in his prime for the foreseeable future. Um it was crazy because AD came out today and said he signed the five-year uh, deal because of his injury history. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's real. Hey, take care of your family, man. Uh, so, knock on wood that, you know, AD is able to stay healthy. Um, and I like the pieces. I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of talk. Um, but I think it's a strong possibility that, you know, it, it can be run back. Um, I'm not the biggest fan, I will say, of the Montrez Hill fit. Um, I hope that he is able to play with a chip on his shoulder a little bit and, you know, prove some of the doubters wrong after his tumultuous bubble. But, man, I, I'm a huge fan of that shoulder move. Um, he is going to be fucking great, I feel. Uh, he came in saying he wanted to be PG-1, and he was starting at the one guard. He Just calm down a little bit. Like, he's going to fall in line. <laughs> Brian going to get him straight. He'll fall in line. Uh, Wes Matthews, et cetera. But, I mean, those contracts, I mean, them boys got paid, man. So, you know, all that's off the table. You can focus on the hoop. So, um, the Clippers are just fucking imploding like they always do. Paul George is for some reason doing interviews on podcasts talking about Doc Rivers. And it was funny because pa- Paul George was like, you know, the scheme wasn't switched up in the series, blah, blah, blah. And Doc Rivers came out today and was like, well, you know, your coach was my lead assistant. So, you know, if you want to do it, but if you think some shit's going to change now, by all means go. So it'll be interesting to see that play out. But, uh, yeah, you, you can't trust Paul George, man. Don't just clip as you're done. You're investing in Paul George just a wrap, G. So excited about the Lakers moves for sure. Shout out Clutch. Does uh does LeBron play like the at the beginning of the season? Or is he because there was talk about him like straight up sitting out like a month? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, does he play at all? Or like what's are we assuming that was all kind of like I think a lot of the moves that were made in short now, last year, if you're asking me this question, like hell no, like it just wouldn't have been possible. But I think I don't foresee him playing every game. You know, he's not a big like low management person or taking the night out. But I think in some of those series, if it's like a back to back, like with the with the Grizzlies, I think he'll play one of those games and maybe sit out the other one. Um, you know, they might alternate, you know, him and AD or whatever. But as long as you got Braun or AD, at least one of them on the court, the Lakers are going to have a chance to win the game. Um, but yes, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it was 70, 72 days and yes, the heat had the same amount of days off, but you know, it's just such a strange experience. You know, you don't get that championship camaraderie, you know, the parade and LA, like I'm, I'm sure, you know, it's like LA was, was show out the Lakers own that city. The Lakers and the Dodgers own that city. Um, and you know, it sucks that they weren't able to partake in it with the fans in that way. But you know, that was last season. A new season is here and I think they're ready to run it back. So we're going to see what happens. And we are ready to run it back as well for another season of Grizzlies basketball. This has been the Backdoor Cut Show on Nothing But Net channel by Dash Radio and the Barn Burner Podcast Network. We'll talk to y'all next week and we'll have an actual game to talk about. Peace.